In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Welcome in to another mailbag edition of the Retirement Pathfinder. I'm Ben George. They are Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky over at Pathfinder Wealth Management. They're retirement income planning specialists. And today we're going to lean on them for their expertise and wisdom from a few questions that have come in over the past couple of weeks from some listeners. And we always do appreciate the feedback. So we'll get to those here in just a second. Barbara, Phil, welcome in. How are you? We're doing uh, we're great, doing Ben. Super. <laughs> I know we move into the fall, which is obviously one of Barbara's favorite times of the year, but it also is a time in which we uh, start looking ahead to hunting season, right? Phil, I know, uh, I don't want to, maybe I shouldn't bring it back up, but maybe the big one will be around this year for you. Well, we're going to look for Mr. Big. In fact, <laughs> I planted a special food plot uh, this year that, uh, you know, I got this special seed uh, that was going to be a clover mix and it was going to have some turnips and all kinds of wonderful things for the for the critters out there, the deer in particular. And uh, the idea was that this uh, food plot will even be green when the snow has been sitting upon it. So the deer will go ahead and dig down through it and get to the goodies under the snow. And uh, so I, I put that out there. You know, what I did basically is I tilled the ground properly and put in the proper mixture of, of soybeans or of, um, of uh, fertilizer and and then put the seed in there and then covered it up properly. And, and we had the proper climate, and the right amount of moisture and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, boy, that stuff started coming up within about three weeks. And what did I have? Weeds. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weeds. It was a total failure. So I, I think there was probably some stuff in there, but we'll. Uh, we'll have to see how, how much we get out of it. Trial and error, huh? Yeah, it really is. So, uh, you know, I guess I didn't read the label, the fine print <laughs> the again. Fine print. So, uh, <laughs> is that something you can correct now or is it too late at this point? Um, yeah, it's, I could actually put in another uh, kind of tear it out, put in what they call a fall planting. But um, yeah, I don't want to go through the time and trouble expensive bringing all the equipment in and buying the product yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of pricey for, for one sure. acre. I think it was like 1600 bucks wow. yeah. to put in that seed. So we'll see what happens. Maybe there's enough there for them to kind of scrounge around for, but time will tell. Yeah. Well, we're, we're pulling for you here to, to have a little success. Thank you. We're waiting for that update, Phil, where you come back and you're all excited and you have the, the big one uh, that you yeah, finally have, have Thank tracked. you. But. <laughs> Uh, today, we got the mailbag, though, for you. So we got some good questions. I know you, you both get feedback all the time from listeners, which we greatly appreciate. We always love hearing from you. If you have questions, if you just have, hey, uh, a thank you for what we've talked about, or we appreciate the insight into uh, you know, something that's happening with inflation or with local laws and, and everything that we discuss in the show, we always appreciate that. And we always welcome your questions, too. So again, we'll do our best to answer. We got four today that we'll go through. And you know, when we get done, if you want to follow up Again, pathfinderchat.com is the best place to do that. And just keep in mind that you know, Barbara and Phil do their best to answer these questions based on the information that we have, which is definitely not all the information they need to prov provide the correct answer. So you always want to lean on a professional afterwards to get the uh, complete breakdown and analysis. But let's start off with Harold, who says, I'm almost 60 and don't have any money in Roth IRAs. Should I be converting some IRA money to Roth for the next few years? You know what, Harold, that is a good question. And I always like, we always like talking about Roths because we do a lot of Roth conversions here with our clients. So, you know, um, they're a tax-free account. 
So the answer is, a quick answer, it depends because there's a number of thoughts here. If you have an IRA or IRAs, we will look at converting some of that IRA each year up to the top of your tax bracket, provided you're in the 12 to 22% tax bracket. But we look at all sources of income because this option adds to your taxable ordinary income. Now, if you're working, this is just as a side note, if you're working, you can contribute to a Roth IRA provided you're within income limits. And if you're married, you can also contribute to your spouse's Roth, even if he or she doesn't have earned income, again, within income limits. Well, ideally, if you can convert as much uh, as, as uh, of your taxable IRA as possible before you turn 72 and required distributions begin, the less taxes you'll pay. Your RMDs or required minimum distributions, we use the term RMDs, uh, the acronym RMDs, they're based on the account value each year from the previous uh, year ending. So you keep decreasing the value by converting some each year to the Roth. And that's what Phil and I do. We look at tax returns with our clients every year and we say, you know, okay, what are some of those options that we can look at this year with you? Well, you have no RMDs with a Roth and your spouse has no required distributions. So Harold, you're in a good place to ask this question because you have 12 years before your RMDs begin. And I look at it this way, they both compound, one is tax-free compounding and the other is tax-deferred compounding, but then you're subject to future interest rates. So I think we'd all choose the tax-free Roth because taxes will likely increase in the future. But I say, uh, what I say here is don't do this on your own because I had a client that had her sister telling her she needed to have a Roth IRA. She kept hounding her for that. So I had uh, shown my client this more than once because she had forgot, but she was on a fixed income because she had retired. And so when we just took $1,000 as something as low as $1,000 to convert that $1,000 alone, put her in the next tax bracket. So that did not make sense for her to uh, con- do any conversion. So it's not for every single person out there. And not only that, Barb, but one of the things that we can do here is we can help our clients understand the power of Ross. I'll give you one example uh, for those clients that wish to leave an inheritance to their kids. The question we have for them is, would you rather leave an inheritance that's taxable or tax-free? And of course they go, well, tax-free, obviously. And so sure, you know, if they leave a big fat uh, IRA 401k to their kids, they could lose as much as 40, 45% to the government taxes. And so uh, they would just as soon avoid that. So yeah, they could take the hit during their lifetime. Maybe they'll not need tax-free income during their lifetime, but they certainly are doing their children a, a great service by uh, leaving that money tax-free to them. You bet. Mm-hmm. You know, I think most of my clients too that I've done these or I'm doing these with, they're not planning on using them during their lifetime. No. You know, certainly no. it's, an, it's a tax-free account, but if they're not planning on it, they're, they're planning on, you know, passing these along to their kids tax-free. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for that, Harold. We appreciate your question. Our next one comes from Donald. I'd like to hear what you think about this one. I'm not retiring for a few years, but I'll be 62 next month so I can start my social security. Should I go ahead and start it and use the extra income to get my house paid off sooner? Yeah, there's a, where do we start with this one? There's so many unknowns mm-hmm. in what uh, Donald is asking about. Uh, so generally speaking, let's start there. Generally speaking, I think it's best not to take social security at age 62 if if you are still planning to work. The reason is that uh, you are under, if you're under the, the age of what they call full retirement and working, Social Security will deduct $1 from your benefit payments for every $2 you earn above a certain annual limit. And that limit in 2022 is $19,560. So you go above that, they'll deduct $1 for every $2 they pay you in Social Security. 
So um, when you get closer to retirement, what they call full retirement age, they'll deduct $1 per every $3 you earn. So if Donald is planning to use a social security benefit to reduce his mortgage and he's still working, he'll only get partial benefit anyhow. So that will limit his benefit. If he delays his social security benefits until after full retirement, then that particular account will grow by roughly about 8% per year until he's age 70. Plus any earned income he gets during that period of time uh, through his job delays that where he delays social security will increase his benefit that much more. By the way, Barb, I found out the other day that uh, uh, the percentage of people that, that wait till 70 before they take their, their mm-hmm. social security, it's about 8%. Yeah, I can see. I, I think I've only got about um, probably less than a handful of clients taking at 70 or going to take at 70. Yeah, if yeah. people really don't need it. They, they can delay it. But mm-hmm. Uh, we do need to really uh, begin a series of questions to give a more complete answer to Donald here. Question is this, Donald, are you married? And if so, what is your spouse's age? Is she working? Does she have a retirement asset of her own, such as a 401k or an IRA that she can add to the pot? So it would also be important to know if if you, Donald, have a 401k yourself, and that would allow you to uh, tap from that particular resource and give your social security the opportunity to grow. And that, that is something we do with our clients. We want to look at other sources of income and delay that Social Security, let that build up over a period of time. And, uh, and there's some advantages to that. Finally, we ask, what are the terms of his loan? Uh, he probably has paid all of his interest payments up front. It is now merely paying principal back to the mortgage company. So if that's the case, uh, he's really committing his liquid assets to something that's an illiquid uh, investment. And that would be his, his home. So if he's putting Social Security into it or non-liquid assets like, uh, or excuse me, his 401k plan, he's really tying his money up in a, in a non-producing asset. And my term for that is destroying the money machine mm-hmm. because your investments are really there. They're, they're going to be there to produce income for you in the future. They're the money machine. But if you turn the money machine off by tying it up into an illiquid asset or a non-income producing asset, you're really killing that opportunity. So that's not going to produce any more income for you in the future. But with a session or two of fact-finding, we can come up with probably the right combination of things for Donald to do. So if you're considering taking Social Security early, earlier than your full retirement age, you may want to get a second opinion to find out what your options are. So go online to pathfinderchat.com for a 15-minute conversation to understand the pros and cons of taking Social Security early. Yeah, I, I agree with you too, Phil. And, you know, not knowing much about Donald, of yeah. course, you know, my first thoughts are, you know, not if you don't need it because you're accepting a lowest payout, taking it at age 62. But the other thought is if you have poor health and you don't expect to live a long mm-hmm. life, I mean, that may be one consideration. Um, but, that, but then again, you know, mm-hmm. then again, if you're married and something happens to you, your wife will have the higher benefit for her if you wait, unless her benefit is higher. And, you know, as far as the house and paying that off, we've always been pretty much on the same page there, Phil. Your house mm-hmm. is a non-income producing asset. Right. You know, so depending on your interest rate and how your money is invested, you're likely better off making mortgage payments and keeping your money invested and not be so concerned about paying it off. Great question. Thank you, Donald. A lot to think through with Social Security. It's just a great, uh, important reminder for anyone that's approaching that age to really have a plan and strategy in place for how you want to approach that. 
All right. Next one comes from Elizabeth. Says, I'll be inheriting about $250,000 after we settle my mom's estate within the next few months. I could use this money for a lot of different things. I could pay off some debt or maybe save it for my own retirement because I don't have as much saved as I should. But part of me feels uncomfortable with using my mom's life savings to clean up my mess. Do you have any suggestions for how to navigate this? We do, Elizabeth. I, I love these questions when I find out that, and I get really excited when I hear that people are inheriting this kind of money. But when people are inheriting even something like $10,000, I think that's a, that's a great thing. And, I, and I, I'm excited about hearing that for them. So the, you know, the first question, Elizabeth, is when is the next time you'll see $250,000 in a lump sum in your lifetime? You know, like, like most people, you won't. So invest the money, all of it. I don't know your age, but that is a great retirement booster, especially since you said you haven't saved much. Pay down your debt accordingly. You can double up on monthly payments and be done with that. Eventually, that will be done with. Um, but you're not going to receive another lump sum again, likely in your lifetime. And so I definitely would invest it. And it sounds like you're still working. So I'm going to suggest that you contribute to your company 401k if they have one, and at least up to the company match. Uh, you had said that you haven't saved much for retirement. So I'm assuming you're not contributing much, maybe if anything at all to your 401k. Well, I would increase that every year when you get a raise and contribute the extra to your retirement, if you can do that, since we don't know your income and your expenses. But you just want to get in the mindset of saving. Now, for our listeners out there, anytime you receive money that you didn't earn, in other words, it was a gift, those gifts are not multiple times in a lifetime, they're once. And you need to get with a qualified investment and retirement planning expert to make to help that money work for you. So you can reach out to us at pathfinderchat.com for a 15-minute phone call. We'd love to talk to you. We have a saying around here, and it, it kind of goes like this, that you know, if you didn't make the money and you didn't manage the money, when you get the money through an inheritance, guess what? You've hit the lottery, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you won big. Now, that's not always true. And so we, we, we can't uh, take a broad brush and paint everybody that way. But, but here's the deal. You know, if you have that type of money, make sure that it doesn't burn a hole in your pocket. This might be the last really great opportunity for you to save for your future. And in this case, uh, Elizabeth says, help clean up, clean up my mess. Well, you know, that leads me to believe that she probably hasn't managed her resources very uh, effectively. And so we would definitely recommend Elizabeth and others who do get an inheritance, just kind of forget about the money, put it aside, put it away, save for the rainy day, invest that money, and you'll be glad you did. Yeah, you know, just just Google compound interest, and that would be a that would be a great answer for mm-hmm. you too. And I have had, uh, like you're talking, Phil, people come into our office and they want to pay off their house when they get an inheritance from their parents. Yep. And, you know, we, yeah. we definitely we discourage that. Mm-hmm. Well, I like what you said, Barbara. That you know, this is like a this only happens once in your lifetime, typically. And I know when you're in the moment, you think like, oh, well, you know, this money's here. It, you know, I'll probably have yep. another opportunity again, but. As you both point out, you, you need to take advantage of it and, uh, and and do the right thing. So we appreciate that question, Elizabeth. Glad you're thinking about that for sure. All right. Last question today comes from Gwen, who asks, my house is already paid off, but I'm about to sell it and downsize to a condo that's about $100,000 cheaper. Should I just put the money I make during this transition into the market? I just had a client the other day come in and ask me the same question, sold mm-hmm. his house off and uh, cashed out. Got a good payday that day and had money available, wanted to know what to do with it. So in talking about Gwen here, it sounds like a good move on her part, not only from a financial standpoint, but also from a physical one. I'm not just speaking about, uh, you know, mowing the grass and raking leaves and washing windows, general maintenance stuff. 
but also keeping up with all the improvements that you need to do in order to maintain the house's value. And I'm talking about things like you know, new air conditioner and furnaces, major expenses, new roof, the taxes, exterior painting, siding. The wonderful advantages of home ownership can easily be offset by the upkeep, uh, the upkeep of expenses. So let's go back to the question that Gwen will ask here is, is you know, what do I do with the 100K that she uh, pull, pulls out of the investment or out of the house? You know, again, that all depends. You know, one of the things we have to ask is, you know, does Gwen have any other sources of income? We don't know from her question here. Does she have a 401k or an IRA? How much is in it? Does she have a pension plan, an emergency fund? You know, when you downsize, the basic necessities don't disappear. Uh, And so you have to have an income plan. Once we're satisfied that the 100k or the $100,000 is not earmarked for some of these things, the funds could be used for investments, and we would walk through that with her. However, one hasn't told us whether she has any investing experience or not. So like Donald earlier, you know, after a couple of appointments uh, of fact-finding, we could uh, lead to a more uh, complete plan. So if you had thoughts about selling your home, and a lot of people that might be listening here have thought about this, thought about downsizing. You know, they don't need the big uh, six to eight room house mm-hmm. anymore. The kids are grown, gone. Uh, and you're thinking about downsizing, but really haven't studied it to come up with the financial pros and cons, go on pathfinderchat.com and we can give you some pointers that might give you peace of mind in helping to make this tough decision. Yeah. You know, Phil, like I was just saying in the previous question to Elizabeth, although we had a little bit more information with Elizabeth, which we don't have too, too much information on Gwen, Mm -hmm. but when you have a large sum of money, I would invest it provided you don't need it for at least, at least five years. Right. Now for anyone out there that's listening, um, especially right now, everything is on sale in the market. Now, people that have lazy money and checking or savings accounts, figure out what you're comfortable with keeping in there and, and you could invest the rest. Now, by the way, if, if you, Gwen, or others are not familiar with investing or that you don't, you're, you're kind of skittish about it, you don't have to be in a risk market to get better interest than you're getting at the bank. Yeah, a lot, a lot of great information there and, and a great position to be in, Gwen. Just want to make sure you take full advantage of that. But I'm glad it was fresh on your mind, Phil. That makes it a little bit easier to answer, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll close it out on that note. Again, I, I appreciate everybody's uh, questions. I know Barbara and Phil do as well. And we always encourage you to reach out if you have anything on your mind. If you don't want to put it out here on the podcast, you can always ask Barbara and Phil directly. Best place to start, just go to pathfinderchat.com. You can schedule a meeting right there from that website and then get right on uh, Barbara and Phil's calendar and address whatever concerns or uh, needs or questions you might have. You can do that right there through the website and the number as well if you want to jot that down it's 815-399-9806 for pathfinder wealth management all right barbara and phil as always we appreciate the insight and uh phil good luck on the farm this year well thank you man. Appreciate <laughs> have a good that. day all all right take care Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.